Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. This afternoon I have a uh, instructional present truth message for us which is going to open the door to a lot of um, prophetic messages that will be coming over the next many weeks and months. I really don't know how long it's going to be for. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Spirit. As they say, I'll go with the flow. And today's message is entitled, Keeping and Fulfilling God's Testimonies. Keeping, there was a keeping and fulfilling God's testimonies. I'd like you to turn with me in your Bible to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 2. And we're going to start from verse 3. The preamble is David is dying. He's about to die. And he uh, speaks to his son Solomon. He says, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong therefore and show yourself a man. Now verse 3 is where I want to focus on. This is where my inspiration and the text came from. This was many, many uh, weeks ago. I was still abroad then. And then God just downloaded a whole series of messages for me uh, and to me and instructed me that this is what I'm going to be sharing in this year. He said, and you see, this is not just to Solomon, it's to you and I, which you will learn as we go in this message. Keep the charge of the Lord thy God. I didn't hear you. I want to hear everybody, not just the pastors. Keep the charge of the Lord thy God. Keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. Everybody say ways, statutes, Commandments, judgments, testimonies. They're not the same. I discovered something about God. He doesn't just, he doesn't use words superfluously. There's a reason why he will say one thing a little bit different from another thing. Because there's some detail of what he wants us to do. Bible talks about his ways. I'm, I'm, I want to zero in on testimonies, which is the whole where I got this inspiration from. But I will just mention the others very briefly in passing. What are God's ways? I can tell you straight off the bat. Honesty, integrity, humility. That's that's God. The reason why most Christians don't know God and haven't come to know God properly is because they... Do not know the 
priority and the importance God attaches to those virtues. They don't know how important it is to God. They think God is like them. And he's not. That's why scripture says in the book of 1 John, you know, John summarizing. You see, John and the other apostles got to meet God personally in Jesus Christ. They ate with him. They slept with him. You know, they walked with him for three and a half years. So John says, that which we have handled, our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our hands have... He's talking, I had, we had personal contact with him. He said, this then, in summary, is the message that we heard of him. What? God is light in him is no darkness at all. Full stop. What are his ways? Honesty. I like what that preacher said on Thursday when, you know, uh, uh, Sister Lady Amoshuka's uh, uh, service of songs. He said, you know, they don't understand. Whenever God comes to you, he comes with mercy and judgment. And he doesn't want to give judgment. That's why he comes with both. But it's how you respond. He didn't use this word, but what he was actually was an honesty of heart. And all the examples he gave, Abimelech, or it's honesty of heart. That's God. And the reason why many of us don't go far with God is because we do not maintain a high level of integrity of heart. Integrity is honesty, you know, uh, 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 reliability and consistency. And God's like that all the time. That's why I discovered that if you study the Bible very well, you find that God is always above board. Always. He doesn't say one thing and do another. He's not a person of, you know, he gives everybody a long rope. He, you know, he, that's him. So his ways, honesty, humility, integrity. His statutes. Statutes are kind of like, like kind of a, they're not, they're, their commandments, you know, um, those who do law, you see, you call it a statute book. These are the laws of God. You know, things like healing, prosperity, are God's statutes. These are things God decrees and wants for his people. His commandments are simple. His love. Jesus said, you know, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy love your neighbor. says, on these hang all the law and the prophets. We'll come back to that. You, you can see why it's a little bit different. You know, love is the one that all these other things hang on. His judgments, which are daily self-judgment. See, God likes you to judge yourself. And he's a God of justice and judgment. You know, he would say, don't do this. Now, if you do, this is what I will do. If you do this, this is what I will do. His judgments. That's another area that most uh, great majority of the Pentecostal charismatic word of faith church know very little about. They don't even like to talk about judgment. They say, oh, no, 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 don't condemn me, don't judge me. God has, you know, Jesus said we should not judge. That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> of course you should judge. The Bible says if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. How can Jesus say you shouldn't judge? Once Jesus says that you should not be, you should not condemn, and you should not have a 
uh, let me say it in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in modern language, you should not have destructive criticism. That's what he's talking about. That's the spirit of what he's saying. He's not saying you shouldn't judge. He's saying you should, you know, when you judge, you do it constructively. You know, because the purpose of the judgment is not to destroy the person, it's to try and help the person. But you should judge. And the first person you judge is yourself. Before you start going about judging everybody else. And you should judge yourself daily. Then we come to the bottom line. His testimonies. And that's what I want to focus on. His testimonies are what God did in the lives of his people as recorded in the scripture. We, you know, in, 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 in normal um, parlance, it says, you know, I'll, I'll give you my testimony. You know, this is how I got born again. This is how I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's my testimony. But really, it is the testimony of what God did in my life. So when we talk about his testimonies, we're talking about the accounts of what God did in the lives of his people. And this is the reason why we have the stories we have in the Bible. They are written so that we can keep and fulfill. Observe, we're not only just to keep his statutes, we're not only just to keep his ways, we're not only supposed to keep his commandments, we're not only just to keep his judgments, we also keep his testimonies. And in fact, it is when you keep all those four on top that you can do the fifth one, which is his judgment, his testimonies. If you don't walk in his ways, if you don't keep his statutes, if you don't keep his commandments, if you don't keep his judgments, you won't be able to keep his testimonies. I, I remember I was reading my Bible. I was just minding my own business, reading my Bible. Those people just blew it up to me. Said, he's tested. I said, what do you mean by God's testimony? Then he began to give me this message. Look at, first of all, Romans chapter 15. There's a lot of scripture we're going to look at. Romans 15, and look at verse 4. Romans 15, verse 4. This is what the scripture says. For whatsoever. Turn to your neighbor and say, whatsoever means whatsoever. For whatsoever. Things were written aforetime. Were written for our, this New Testament Christian now, the church. Learning that we, through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. There's the hope for the things of this life. There's the hope of perfection and the glory of God. And of course, there's the hope of the resurrection. But in particular, we're talking now about the hope for the things of this life. In other words, if you read about what God did, and that's what we're going to be looking at, in Enoch, it gives you hope that if you walk with God and please God, you won't die. And you'll be taken in the rapture. Ever say whatsoever. This is what you call a blank check. God did not limit it. We do in our thinking, sadly, but you should not. Is there whatsoever things are written? So if you, if you see what God did in the life of Joseph, it should give you hope that God will do the same in your own life. If you read about what God did in the life of David, it gives you hope that God will do the same in your own life. And so on and so forth. In fact, I have a whole 
list of names here. I'm going to go through them uh, when I look at some of the other scriptures. You know, in order to, what I want to do, I, yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me, I want to solidify and establish this in your mind and in your thinking that it will never go out. Because, you see, a lot of our thinking is very porous. We hear and then we forget. Say, well, like a man who looks at himself in a mirror. Then he goes away and he forgets what manner of man is. He said, but he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and look at the keyword, continueth there. <clears throat> look at Hebrews chapter 6. It's the same thing. Same Paul. Same Paul. Same, same Holy Ghost. Hebrews chapter 6. A great scripture. He's again talking about this hope thing. In fact, let's look at verses 11 and 12. He says, And we desire that every one of you, and we desire that the pastors only, that Pastor Luby only, uh, that Kenneth Hagen only, uh, that, you know, we always think, all oh, those ones are for all these uh, Jim Jim. They are for all these super saints. It's not for me. Say everyone. Say everyone. Now, turn to your neighbor say everyone includes you and me. Stop letting them sell you this low-level Christianity that they've sold to you all your, all, your, all your Christian life. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. The will of God is that all of us get that hope. The hope of glory. That you be not slothful. This is our problem. We read it in Proverbs today. A little sleep. A little folding of the hands. Don't be lazy spiritually. And you know what I've discovered? If you're not lazy spiritually, you won't be lazy anywhere else. You'll be, you'll be diligent in business. You'll be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You know, once you're lazy spiritually, it follows the whole. And a lot of our people, sadly, and very, very um, regrettably, you know, are very lazy about spiritual things. They don't take time. He says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. You know, he says, if you apply your heart unto wisdom and understanding. We, 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 like I told you my story, you know, uh, many, many years ago. It's 981, you know, uh, uh, I just come back. Uh, yeah, 1981, I was working with Brother Emiko and God told me I wasn't serious. I was, I was insulted. I felt insulted. Ah, God, I can't tell me I'm not serious. I left London. I came here serving you. Tell me I'm not serious. They said, what's Philippians for it? I was struggling with it then. I knew it because I'd read it. I said, whatever things are true, honorable, but I couldn't say it properly. Then he asked me, he said, what is kinetic energy? So I did physics, you see. You know, I said, half empty squared. He said, look at the way you brought that one. Look at the way. He said, you're not serious. Then I understood what he was saying. That I never, I have not, I didn't, I had been not applying my heart to the Bible and the scripture the same way, with the same diligence, 
with the same seriousness I had been applying my heart to the things of the world, in particular physics. So that's what he means here. Don't be lazy. That you be not slothful. I didn't hear you. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Who are these them? The same thing he said in Romans 15. All the things that were written. Anything that was written in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament for that matter. Do you understand? If it's there, you can copy it and fulfill it. But the secret is that you have to follow. The, the word follow is the um, a Greek word mimitis. That's where we get the English word imitate from. You have to imitate the faith and observe the word patience, which is very important there. All these people who inherit problems. In other words, I'm going to start doing this now. I plan to do it at the end, but I'll, I'll start saying a few of them now. Follow the example of Enoch. Follow the example of Noah. Follow the example. These are what we're going to be looking at over these next few weeks and months. You know? Follow the example of um, Abraham. Follow the example of Joseph. Follow the example of Moses. Follow the example of Joshua and Caleb. Follow the example in part of Samson. Don't follow everything Samson did. Just like you can't follow everything, you know, uh, 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 David did. You know, follow the example of David and Solomon to some degree. Follow the example of Elijah and Elisha. Follow the example of Mordecai and Esther. Follow the example of Daniel, Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, give those guys a clap offering. What a, what a, what a list of saints. That's what Paul did, you know, uh, uh, comprehensive, more comprehensively in Hebrews 11. He gave us a list of men and women. Some were named, some were not named, and some he just, you know, generalized it, you know, who through faith obtained a good report. And he's now telling you and I that we should follow their examples so that we too can get a good report. We too can inherit the promises. But I'm not done yet. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witness letters, I'm going to give you five scriptures, not two or three. Because I want this truth to be established in your heart. This is what you're going to be working out the rest of this year. And in the years to come. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And look at verse 6 to start with. And then verse 10. Verse 11. But let's look at verse 6 first. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6. Paul, let's give Paul another clap offering. What would we do without Paul? So now I just shake my head. One man who took God seriously. It wasn't as if the others too, but Paul. He's writing to the Corinthians. I would, this scripture, God used it tremendously in my life. In the earlier years, I remember when this is 1986, 
we just got married in 87. Um, I met Brother Bankoli Akimola. Then he brought um, Ulysses Toth, you know, as the first person he brought, you know. Then we started having meetings together and all of that, you know, as 87, 88 was when we moved here. Kreflodola came here, you know, uh, briefly with uh, Ken Fuller. You know, that was 88, 89. Then my wife and I went to America too. You know, then we came back, you know. And then Ralph Martin. Banks now brought Ralph Martin. He'd been telling me about him, but, you know, he, he now finally brought him in 1990 to come and teach us on perfection. That's the convention of 1990. You know, it was called you Remember that? Many of you weren't even born. So how can you remember when you were not born? And those of you who were born were probably two years old. You were probably in the children's church or something. Because that is 33 years ago, 34 years ago. It's not, it wasn't exactly yesterday. You know, but there's a point I want to make here. And um, Banks, as Bankoli Akimole and, and, and Ralph, you know, we, 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 would, we would be sharing some of these scriptures and I, in fact um, uh, Ralph Martin preached from them and I myself you know I began to preach from this scripture and I will never forget it when the Holy Spirit opened up to me I'm not going to go into it now you know but I just want to give you the context he now began to speak about what happened when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and he baptized them in the sea and in the cloud you know and they had manna from heaven and all the things God did. Then he said, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. It hit me like a bomb. I said, wow. Suddenly it dawned on me that we're in exactly the same situation. You know, you, many times when we read the Bible, we say, oh, those people are very terrible people. You know, can they have done that? We, the church has done exactly, in fact, I think our own is even worse. We've been born again. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We're speaking in tongues. We come to church every Sunday. We get manna from heaven. We, you know, all those blessings. We get some degree of material blessing. You know, their, 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 their clothes did not, their, their, their legs did not swell, you know. Their clothes did not uh, um, 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 uh, wear out and all of that. That's some degree of... This is exactly what's happened to the church. But with majority of us, God is not well pleased. Kai! The day that thing hits me, I said, we're in trouble. Just like Israel. We think that because we've gone through the baptism of water... We've gone in the cloud. We have manna. We have this. And our shoe has not worn out. And our clothes have not worn out. That God is pleased with He's not. And there's a reason. Because it was Ralph Martin who said this. He said, he brought them out to take them in. He didn't just bring them out. Most Christians think he just brought us out. They don't, they, they, this, this stronghold that heaven is our goal has robbed the church of its 
prophetic destiny. We, we, he didn't bring us out just to bring us out of Egypt so that we can go to heaven. He brought us out to take us in to a promised land. That promised land, I wrote this in our book, Joshua Generation. This was 1990 we preached all this. You know, that's when I got all this re- some of this revelation. You know, he brought us out to take us in to the perfection and the fullness of Christ in this life. That's when I began, I, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was where I began to, you know, preach these scriptures, you know, as he is, so are we in this world. Then Ralph Martin now came and confirmed it, and the whole thing all blew up. And that's how, by the grace of God, this ministry took, we, 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 we stopped following the rest of the church that was going around this mountain. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.